Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. All right. Fantastic. Welcome everyone to church. Welcome to Shirkany Dog. It's going to be fantastic. I hope it's been a birdscop spleer and upmuntraad birdscop today. That okay? All right, fantastic, fantastic. So buckle your seatbelts, guys. We're going to be traveling at 10,000 uh, feet above air. It is going to be a bit of turbulence, so the hope is going to be red for that, all right? You guys ready for that? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere today. We're going somewhere, all right? Fantastic. So, um, so you guys, we're in the, uh, the series called Faith That Works, Faith That Works, and I'm excited about this series because it's really had, for me at least, it's had a, a transformational effect in my life and my heart. And when I was going through uh, the different um, messages and, and reflecting upon them, I was, I was actually challenged by this, by this message I'm going to bring to you, because it's, it's one that it, it's not native to me. It's one that is not particular to, to my life being, wow, I can, I can feel like confident around this topic. And that's the, that's the topic of, of the power of prayer. And of course, I pray I do that diligently, but I feel that there's, there's more to prayer, and I must be honest with you, in preparation for this message, I felt that I got a bit of a revelation. I got a bit of a revelation in the area of prayer, and I, and I really hope today that this revelation can perpetuate over from me into you today and allow you to understand what it means to pray, but pray with power specifically. There's many prayers that we can mumble along, you know, we can you know, just say, Lord, give me the... You know, and all of those, but where's the power in our, in our prayer? And I hope the message today can challenge you in this specific area. Um, so, so who's excited about our, our, our series that we're in, Faith That Works? All right, it's fantastic, really. It's been a, a fantastic series so far. Um, Christelle's going to be wrapping up the series next week. Um, so it's the second last one. So it's a six-part series that we'll be going through, through the book of James. And James really has a lot of practical steps around your faith and specifically working out your faith. So we're going to focus specifically on on the book of James today in chapter 5. So turn with me to James chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. uh, And it's going to go like this. Uh, So if you've got your Bibles, your paperback Bibles, the old traditional version, turn with me. If you've got an app, uh, flick over, or it will be on the screen. And it's in both translations. So guys, I guess I need glasses. Gosh, time is moving on in my life. Age is catching up. So, all right. So it goes like this. So James says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces a wonderful result. Elijah was a human as you and and I are, and yet he prayed earnestly for no rain to fall. And none fell, fell for three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield crops. 
My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back again, you can be sure to know whoever brings a person back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Amazing piece of, uh, piece of scripture and, and very challenging. Um, you might think, ooh, a lot of it is, do we, do we take that at face value? And, and my answer to you is yes. And I'm going to go through, um, through this, uh, this piece of scripture that I've just read. I'm going to break it up into three different parts, all right? So that's how I'm going to try and construct. Can someone just bring me some water? We've got a bit of a, bit of a throat here. That'd be great. Thanks. Um, so I'm going to go through the first part over here. And um, so in James, uh, James 5, verses 13, it says, Anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing songs. Now, there's a common phrase in, in sports terminal, uh, terminology. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Thanks, Joe. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Now, I'm not saying that prayer is like a random thing, just throwing up prayers up in the air and hoping, hoping it sticks. It's not at all. I truly believe that there's a link between consistency and effectiveness of prayer. I really believe that there's a, there's a link between consistency and effectiveness of prayer. He who prays often usually gets the greatest results. I came across a very interesting article. Um, are you guys hearing me? Is this loud enough? Yeah? Is that right? I'm speaking quite loud, so, but I just want to make sure you guys have got, you got it, right? Yeah, there's a few people nodding off, so I just want to make sure, right? <laughs> so, uh, um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the, I read a really interesting article where, um, where th- this, this, um, this author was trying to compare and link um, what makes great, pe- great artists, what, what, makes them, what makes them great, um, and, and what are those... So when we talk about artists, we specifically refer to people that are, it could be painters, it could be sculptors, it could be poets, it could be athletes, uh, it, it could be great uh, politicians, or whatever it is, you know, what made them great? And also, when and how did they produce their greatest work? Um, so we think about people like uh, Leonardo da Vinci, who painted the Mona Lisa, Michelangelo, who sculpted uh, the, uh, the statue of David. We think about Shakespeare, who, who brought uh, forth uh, Hamlet and a few others, Midsummer Night's Dream. I remember when I was in grade six, Midsummer Night's Dream. It was great. Um, then we also have, uh, who else do we have? We have Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. And we also have Michael Jordan, who in 1998 also had the winning shot in the game six and won the series. Joe, you probably remember that, or you might have been in diapers. We're not sure. But I think that's, 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 uh, that's pretty much how, how it was and, 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 it, and, and these comments, and, and the author went about to try and say, what are the common things amongst all these great individuals? What made them so supernatural? What made them superhuman beings? And um, he did find one common thing, though. He looked through it, and he found that there were a number of, 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 of these people that were young and old in their, in their great achievements. He also found that a number of them uh, produced some of the greatest works at the end of their career, some of them never produced a great work after, you know, in the beginning of their cre- uh, career. Some of them were, um, were uh, extroverts. Some of them were introverts. Some of them lived in the countryside. Some of them lived in the city. And also some of them were, um, were educated and some were, were uneducated. But the common thing that, that this, uh, that this uh, author uh, of this article found was that all of them produced massive amounts of work. Yeah? 
So the common thing that this author found as a red thread, as a, as a trait between all of these individuals, was that they all produce massive amounts of work. Now, now, now these massive amounts of work, so, so if you think about it, I don't think Leonardo da Vinci, right, painted the Mona Lisa by picking up the brush for the first time, right? I don't think Michelangelo sculpted uh, King, you know, David as, as, as a statue the first attempt at, out, of, out of sculpting. And the same for Michael uh, Jordan, who, you know, shot that winning shot in game six in 1998. It was not the first time that he shot a, a basketball into the hoop. Now, I'm not saying that you gain power in prayer through repetition, right? So I'm, I'm not saying that. And actually, it's very explicit in Matthew 6, verses 7 to 8. It says this, When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard through their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask. So I'm not saying you gain favor through self-effort or gain it through consistently praying, but of course that would violate the whole principle of grace. What I am saying is that you don't become a prayer warrior overnight. You don't become a prayer warrior overnight. And, and, I, and, and I love this piece, I need to read. So you don't learn to walk with God moment to moment in a moment. You don't walk with God moment to moment in a moment. Meaning that there's a consistency in prayer that you need to do in order to seek God. There has to be a consistency in seeking God. You have to develop a discernment in praying the right prayer at the right time in the right instance. There has to be a practice. There has to be a seeking, a yearning, a longing. In order to be able to capture my wife's heart, I had to have many conversations to understand what makes her tick. She, my, my wife's a little bit different. She says me, tells me very straight. She doesn't make it fluffy. She tells me, and many of you know Christelle that way, you, you don't have to wonder what she thinks. She tells you. So, um, yeah, so I didn't have to search for that one for too long. It, it came about quite quickly. But, but you have to spend time. You have to converse. You have to... You have to be praying to understand what is it that the Lord is saying to me in these, in these moments. So your, your heart muscles of prayer need to be working in order to be able to understand what is God telling me in this moment. And it does come through, again, effectiveness through repetition. And again, it's not those empty prayers, just praying words, you know, repetition of words and thinking that, okay, those words and repetition. But it has to be a yearning. It has to be a seeking the Lord. And uh, for me, this is, this, is, this is so important. I believe that there really is a... There's a common link between this repetition and seeking the Lord and the power of prayer. And we need to be praying often, praying in, in, in many different circumstances, praying in the car, praying at the breakfast table, praying before you get to work, praying at work, praying before you go into a meeting, praying for, for your child before you, he goes to or her, she goes to bed. For me, there's so many opportunities. I, I just don't think we really at times realize it. And we need to use every opportunity to be praying. You know, don't, don't think, oh, I'm being religious, you know, around the table praying just before a meal. No. See it as an opportunity to praise the Lord. Say, Father, thank you for this meal. Thank you that it's going to bless my body. Thank you for the fellowship around this table. Amen. Uh, you know, it might be that simple. In the morning before I get to work, every time as I park the vehicle, and I've said this a few times, I said, Father, give me the strength to make this day. I'm in a, in a leadership role at work, and I, I cannot make the day without having the blessing of the Lord in my life, being able to make decisions have discussions and be discerning uh, in, in what I say and do. And I think that's so important that we come to a place of, of humility. And that, that to me is like saying, Father, I, I come to a place of being humble before you. I, not, I know not by my own strength, but by yours alone, 
I'm going to be able to make this day. And that, that really is, again, an opportunity. You use every opportunity, guys, wherever you are, seeking the Lord and His face and not just His hand. So I think consistency in prayer is extremely important to come into God's presence. So, so what, I, what I really like what James says over here in, in, um, in 5 verses 13, he really touches both ends of the spectrum when it comes to prayer, right? He says, pray for those, or, or when you're suffering, pray. When you've got something to praise the Lord about, you know, sing hallelujah, right? So, so really, that's, that's really, uh, for me, I, I was really, and this is what I said when I got such a revelation when I read that, I was like, wow, my prayers, 90%, 95% of my prayers is, Lord, give me, right? Anyone, anyone resonate with anyone? Okay, all right, you guys are amazing. <laughs> wow. I think we're done. <laughs> no, so, so honestly, I think that, that's really what our prayer life many times is like, right? Is, Lord, give me, I need, Lord, it's, it's hardly ever that we come to a place of, oh, Father, thank you for this amazing X, Y, Z I just think about God driving this, this world vehicle and there's eight billion children sitting in the back whining. Anyone been in a car with a whining child? Anyone been there? Oh, I pulled over the road a few times. I just had to get out because I, I said to Krista, I'm going to have an accident right now uh, with, with these children screaming in the car. I think, I think we've all been there, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, and I can just imagine the Lord like driving this world around and he's like, oh, these whining children at the back. And there's... And it, I'm sure it will catch his tension if just one child is like, oh, thank you, Daddy. We guys don't like, how far is it? That's Jason's new thing now. It's too far, you know, even if we do go to school. But um, so, so, so really coming to a place of, of, of praising the Lord as well, too. And that's why we have those cards. There's one side of it is a prayer request, yeah? And the other side is a praise report of what the Lord has been doing in our lives. So the answers to prayer, the testimonies that come from that, for me, I think that is, that, that is also prayer. And, and so ultimately, this, the spectrum that, that James covers over here is coming into the Lord's presence. That's really what prayer is all about. It's coming into His presence. He's like, Lord, Father, help me to, to seek Father. And, and that's, what, that's what it is all about. That's what prayer is all about. And um, so that I, I really get, I, I get excited about, about prayer, just thinking about it. So the question is, how do you come into, how do you come into the Lord's presence, right? That, that's, the, that's the question. So if prayer, uh, in, in what James speaks about over here, is about, you know, when you're suffering and when you're in praise, coming into God's presence, how do you get there? So two things. First one, it starts with Jesus. Excuse me. In, in Ephesians 3, verses 12, it says this, Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence right? So we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence, and it starts with Jesus. Powerful prayers start with being immersed in the gospel. It's so important to realize, guys, that, you know, we cannot, we, we cannot pray and come into presence of God without Christ in our lives. Having that faith, knowing that Christ died for us on the cross, knowing what He stood in the gap for, and for the, and it's the remission of our sins, and for me, that's so important to realize that it's all about Christ in our lives and the faith that we have in, uh, have in Him, the hope of glory, is truly what helps us come into a place of presence. The second one is, is quite obvious, and, and sometimes we miss it, and it's actually, we, we actually need to pray, all right? So, so it's, it's not good enough to, to sit and listen to a podcast or listen to me speaking to you or, or uh, listen to, to just only to music and thinking, okay, you're coming into the Lord's presence. You actually need to 
verbalize a, a prayer. There needs to be an utterance coming from your mouth. And that's so important as well, too, to come into the presence of the Lord uh, in this way. And God of the universe has made himself available to hear our prayers. And if that alone doesn't change your life, then I don't know what will. I think that to me is so important that God makes time to listen to us uh, and to hear our prayers. Really, really awesome. So again, so, it's, it's, so I just want to wrap up that first section in, in that, it's, that it's coming into God's presence that's important. Coming into that uh, understanding that it's about praising Him and also, uh, again, coming for, with prayer requests as well too. So um, hopefully that, that clarifies that part of it. All right? Great. Second one, you must pray with other people. So I like what James says over here in verse, um, in verse 14 to 16. He says, anyone, you, anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the, in the name of the Lord. And the Father, uh, sorry, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if anyone has committed sins, you will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has power as it is working. Hmm. So I think we should really take that as face value, right? So I, I think that it's so important um, that we go out and we be praying for people. Ask for people to pray for you. In our, in our Connect group, at least, we, we, we make sure that we end off with prayer uh, for each other over our lives. But I don't think it should stop over there. If you're in a place where you need prayer, if you're struggling with something, guys, I, I want us to start acting as a church where we feel at liberty to be able to reach out to people and ask them, please be praying for me. And, and, and really, to, to come to, I know our lives are busy, especially during the week and so on, but really to make the effort to go out there. I, I, I feel that if I had to find up someone, if I had to ask Mus to come over to my house and pray for me, and he makes the effort to come all the way from Vellinger to Lila Horstad, I, I, I'm like, wow, this guy's got faith. He's gotten out his car, coming all the way to come and pray for me. He's, he's got faith for my healing, for whatever a need that I have. And so I really want to encourage us, guys, so that if you're at a place where you feel that, you know, you need prayer in whatever it is, you know, call on some of the leaders in this church. Say, you know, you know Matthew or whoever, can you come to me and pray for me in this area? I really need, I need, really need prayer. And uh, so, you know, in the Word, again, it, it, it says, you know, call on the leaders, call on the elders to be praying for you, and, and you will be healed. I'm really encouraged by that, um, that piece. Um, so, so really what James over here is doing is that he's shifting uh, in verse 13 to 14, going from the singular to the plural, right? He's going from, in verse 13, where the prayer is about you praying for yourself, about praying for, 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 for my needs that, that, that I have. And then he makes a shift in, in verses 14 where he says, you should also be praying for others and other Christians as well to see a breakthrough take place uh, in their lives. And it, it makes complete sense. It makes a lot of sense to me when, you, when we come as a corporate body to be able to pray for each other and be praying for something. Um, I, I think many times we are challenged by this thought thinking that, well, we can manipulate, you know, people might think, oh, okay, well, God is sovereign, and so we don't have to, you know, we don't really need to be praying corporately. We, we're not going to be manipulating God by coming together and ganging up against Him when it comes to praying for something. I can tell you that. God chooses, all right, to, to, to answer certain prayers, and, and, and we know that. But I also believe that God being all-powerful will also hear our prayers as well, too. And I, and I just, I'm, I'm just reminded by uh, that piece in, in Exodus where the Israelites were in slavery for 400 years, and it says that God heard their cries. 
And of course, Moses and Aaron came and, he rele- and, 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 and they went through uh, the desert and they were released from their slavery. Not in their minds, though, and that's another scripture or another, another sermon. But I, I think, you know, for me, that's, that's, that's really what it's about, is that the Lord hears our prayers. Hopefully, we don't have to wait 400 years for something. But many times, it's, it's, it takes time, and sometimes our prayers are answered in a very different way. We ask for certain something, and it's expressed in a very different way. And that's at least how I've, I've experienced it in, in my life. So again, coming together to pray together is extremely important. I believe that there's power released when we come together. And it says over here in Matthew 18, verses 19 to 20, it says, and Jesus said this specifically, it says, Again, I say to you, if two or more agree on earth about something uh, that they ask for, it will be done for them in my heavenly Father's name. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Now, we can sit and debate that for, for a long time. Again, what I've just said about when we come into a place where we ask we ask God uh, for, for something as a, as a corporate body. Uh, I truly believe that, again, God hears our prayers and, he, and He's interested in us. He's interested in our prayers. Um, so a bit of a question to the, to the crowd. Has everyone experienced uh, the disappointment of prayer? Anyone? Anyone been disappointed praying for something? We haven't seen breakthrough possibly. And you might, you might, you might shelf those, those prayers uh, onto the, the list of unanswered prayers. And I'm encouraged when I, when I read the word that even Jesus' prayer was, an un, was unanswered as well, too. Um, so in Luke 22, verse 42, so Jesus is on his hands and knees in the garden of Gethsemane. Sweat is pouring from his forehead like blood. And he says, Father, can you take this cup from me? But let your will be done as well. It's paraphrased. So we all, we all know what happened from there. So, so, so even Christ asked for something from, from his heavenly Father as we do. Uh, Father, he knew what was coming. That was the start of, of, the, of, the, of the whole crucifixion. So G- Jesus came to a point of saying, Father, I, I, I know it's coming. Can you please take this cup from me? And um, so a few years ago, um, in 2013, you guys, most of you guys, or some of you know what happened to Christelle and myself. We, um, we, 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 uh, we, 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 we lost our, our, our twin daughters. Uh, they were, uh, Christelle was at, the, uh, at um, week 23 of, of gestation. And um, she, her water broke prematurely. And we were, at, we were in the hospital. And uh, we were praying uh, lots of prayers day and night. Um, we, uh, we experienced a lot of prayer from others uh, from within this church. Many prayers from, from abroad. And for seven weeks, as... as, uh, as I think it was seven weeks. As uh, from week 23 uh, onwards, we, we experienced something that, any, uh, that no parent should experience. Uh, that, that whole deal was, was probably the most traumatic one in our lives. Uh, and that has also, I would say, also shaped our lives and shaped the course of our lives uh, in, in a very profound way. Um, and we, we prayed earnestly. I mean, we had scriptures all over the, the ward. You know, the, the, uh, the uh, uh, nurses would come in and look at all these scriptures around on the walls, and, but we were praying earnestly for the, for, for, the, for the saving of our children. I mean, who wouldn't want their children saved in a time like that, right? Who, who wouldn't? I mean, and, and why, why would God not save the ch- your, your children in a, in a time like that? I mean, that's not an unselfish prayer. It feels like, wow, you know, Father, I mean, it's our children. And, um, 
And, and as, as the story goes, you guys uh, know that, um, so um, Gabriella uh, passed away at, at birth, and, and um, Michaela was born, uh, and she was in the incubator for, uh, for two weeks, and then she passed away as well. And it was a, re- it was a, it was a really tough time for us. Um, for me, it was excruciating. Christelle, she, she didn't open up her Bible and didn't pray for at least a year, almost two years, and, and was really disappointed. Now, anyone would be, Right? You'd be extremely disappointed in, in, when you come to the Father and, and praying for, for, for such, a, such a deep and moving and, and unselfish thing in our minds. But I, I truly believe that the Lord had a plan in our lives and still does have a plan with our lives, as He did with Jesus when He, when he asked for this, saying, Father, can you take this cup away from me? Can you take this cup that lays, or this, this ordeal that lays before me, can you remove it from me? But if it wasn't for Christ following through, being obedient, guys, we'd be deep, we, we would be in deep trouble. We'd be in deep, deep trouble. It was for Christ alone, His obedience and His willingness to follow through with His Father's will that allowed us to come into a place of salvation, coming to a place of grace in and through our lives. And I, and I honestly believe if I think about our own lives, Christelle, myself, in this area of being praying, praying for something, and, and again, we, we feel, uh, and I, I would, my, my big takeaway from that is that life is fleeting. You know, it's here today and it could be possibly gone the next day. And one of my big takeaways, if I say that, you know, and I, it's more just my reflection, is that I feel like I've become a bigger person because of that whole scenario. I feel that the Lord has been able to give me a bigger capacity for this life and has allowed me to be able to discern and, and, and be clear on what is important and what is unimportant in this life. And it's allowed me to focus and say that, you know, Matthew, what, what is important in this life? What is your calling over this life? And it's there to love people as we love the Lord. It's there to go out to make disciples of men. That is our calling over our lives. And it's allowed me to focus on the things that are important uh, in, in this life. And, and it might be a strange connotation that I'm trying to draw over here, but it's helped me at least to realize, again, that life is fleeting. And you need to use every moment of it. You know, we've been called to this earth to do something. And allow our lives to be exemplary to others and be purposeful and to be rich where we can walk away and feel like, wow, we've achieved something. And, and, and this is, of course, the calling that the Lord has for us. Um, so, so pray for others. Again, I, I don't want us to be discouraged thinking that, oh, you know, again, God is sovereign. You know, what, what is the use of praying? Because he decides anyway. No, I really believe that God hears our prayers. I really believe that God hears our prayers. And they are answered many times in different ways. And, and of course, you know, God is mysterious in His ways. So, so again, I, I really believe as a corporate body, it's important that we pray together. We pray for the sick. We pray for the healing over people's lives. And I want to encourage you guys uh, in this area. Is that okay? All right. So my last point, how are we doing on time? Giselle, you're in, the, in front of the clock. Ten minutes. All right, great. Okay. All right. So we must pray with faith and righteousness. So in James 5... Uh, and I'm going to just backtrack to 15 and then go through to 20 again. And the prayer of faith uh, will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power um, as it's working. Elijah was a man with a nature like us or like ours, and he prayed fervently uh, or righteously, or powerfully, or with, with, with direction. 
that it might not rain. And for three and a half years, it didn't. And then he prayed again, and then it started raining, and the, war, and, and, and the, and the earth became uh, fruitful. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from the wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And this piece of scripture over here is, is challenging, very, very challenging. And, and, and again, for me, I, I can't change the words that it says. I can only embrace it and say, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me? And so, so when praying, it's so important that we, that we pray to, to, our, to our God because only through God are we going to see power come through our prayers. There's many, many other religions that pray, of course, as well, and, and, and I haven't seen evidence of, of power coming through their prayers. And so important to realize that it's not, it's not the person that's gifted, it's the gift that works through them when, power is, is, uh, when, when prayer is, uh, is applied. And I love what James says over here specifically. He says that in verse 16, he says, the prayer, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. He's not highlighting the power of a righteous person. It's the prayer of a righteous person, right? It's the prayer of a righteous person. He's not saying that, you know, um, he didn't say that power comes from the person's righteousness, all right? So, so a lot of people, at least for me, there's a bit of a revelation. It's like, ooh, hang on a second. It's the prayer of a righteous person that avails much and that is effective. It's not because the person is righteous. It's not because the person has power. It's because prayer is powerful. That, that, that's, that to me is, is really important. So speaking of healing power, it's not saying that people have a special gift, but the gift of, 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 of healing comes through prayers, through people. The person is not gifted with healing God heals. So you receive the gift of healing through the person praying for you. And that was a bit of a revelation because, you know, you read about the gifts of, of the Spirit and there's a number of them. And this was like, wow, this is a revelation for me in saying that it's the gift that you receive of healing coming through the person because of prayer and because of the, the belief and the faith that the person has. And there was, that was a bit of a eureka moment. I was like, wow, Father, you heal. God gives the gift when people pray. That's really what it's about. He chooses to give that gift through people uh, more often, some people more often, and he also chooses not to give that gift through certain individuals. And, and that's okay. Again, God is sovereign. Um, and, and that's, of course, how, how God works. Healing is available. Forgiveness is available. Powerful prayers are possible. So I think that is, that is super important to realize. Okay, band, you guys, you guys can come up as I, as I close. I love this specifically this section over here when he speaks about Elijah. And he, sees that, he says that Elijah is, is a man uh, with a nature like ours. And, and I love what James says over here because what he does is he basically lowers the bar for every one of us over here. Right? He lowers the bar for every one of us to be able to achieve through our prayers what Elijah achieved. We might think that, oh, you know, Elijah was righteous. Yes, he was a righteous man. But he was able to achieve something incredible, what the Bible says. It stopped raining for three and a half years, and after praying over those three and a half years, it came down, the, the rain. And I really believe that he had a lot of power in his prayers, and I believe that it's achievable for you and I as, as, as men and women sitting here today. And, and, I'll challenge, and I'm challenged by that many times. And I think, well, you know, what is, what is stopping me from, from praying like that? Well, what is, what is hindering me from praying in the way that, that Elijah prayed for, for the rain to, to stop or the earth to be... Uh, to be desolate and, and for the earth to be quenched again with rain. Well, what, what is stopping me? 
what, what, is, what is hindering me? What is, what is my barrier for entry in coming to that place of power? And so I think it's two things. Two things for me at least is, is highlighted if I think about it. The first one is a lack of faith. First one is lack of faith. In James 15, he says, in 5 verses 15, he says, And the power of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. God supplies the power. Even God supplies the gift of faith. But somewhere in the process, the person needs to exercise the will and use the faith that God gives them. I think that's so important that we need to understand that we need to claim that faith. We need to understand what does it mean to live a, a life of faith? You know, this whole series about, has been about faith in works. When Justin spoke about maturity, uh, when I spoke about, you know, you need this, there's, there's faith in action. Uh, when, when Justin spoke as well too last week and when Shettle also preached, I think it's so important that we understand that there's so many facets to faith in our lives. And prayer is just one of them. And I'm, I'm really excited about this topic of faith because I think it really, you know, how what we've been trying to do is encapsulate the, the full, the comprehensiveness of, of what God is all about. And that faith doesn't just take one form, it takes multiple. And this is this, is this area that we, we sometimes lack faith. We, we, we think that, you know, God is not big enough to be able to adhere to our prayers. We, I, I think that we, we are our own limitation. We are our own ceiling to the growth of our lives. We don't have, I, I, I find myself caught many times thinking that my thinking isn't big enough what the Lord has in store for me. I, 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 I am the limitation. I am, I am the break in my own life because of the lack of faith in my life in many areas. So I want us to challenge, be challenged by that is that the lack of faith that we have many times is, is our own limitation. So I want to encourage you in this area. Be praying, be taking on the challenges that we've been speaking about through this, this whole series. For the sake of time, let's move on. So the second area is, is, is sin. So James speaks about, in in verse 16, he says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The the reverse is also true, right? The prayer of an unrighteous uh, person has little power and is ineffective. Okay? So I don't don't want to over-explain this this, this truth. But I think many times what feels, again, is, is, is a limiter in our life is that we feel many times that because we have sin in our life, we can't come to Christ with a certain prayer. Or our prayers are ineffective because of the sin that we have in our lives. We think, oh, I'm not good enough to pray for something. Or, or Father, I'm undeservant of this thing that I'm praying for because of the sin in my life. Guys, the, the, the whole point of Christ going to the cross was for grace in our life to be able to overcome that stinking thinking, right? It is, it is the grace of Christ in our lives that allows us to be alleviated of that thinking of saying we are not good enough for the things that we pray for. The righteousness of a man avails much. So for us to be able to come to a place of being righteous in our lives, we need to come to a place of understanding what is the grace that God has in our life. How do we come to a place? How do we, how do we seek that? What are, what are the things that we need to be able to seek and come to a place of being uh, applying God's grace? And how do we come to a place of being righteous? Right? How do we come to a place of being righteous? I, I, think, about, I think about King David. You know, he's, he's a, for me, he's my hero in the Bible. You know, I'm still waiting for them to make this movie on, on David's life. It's going to be a hit. I don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe Mel Gibson, you know, take us from the rain. Maybe not. Uh, so it really is, you know, I, I think that King David was a perfect example of this. 
You know, he achieved many things. King David was, um, you know, in his military expeditions, and, and the things that he did were, were just, you know, profound, absolutely profound. But what also makes his life really interesting is that he, 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 he committed some of the most atrocious sins that you can imagine. You know, he had, he had Bathsheba's husband murdered. He also committed adultery uh, with, with Bathsheba. But yet, at the end of David's life, God still claims that he is a man after his own heart. How, how is that possible that a man of such great sin is still given the mantra or the, the mantle of, of a, man after his own heart, a man after his own heart? It's because David came to a place of repentance in his life. And he realized, Father, the things that I've done in my life, I've realized they are not of you. And he came to, impl- he came to a place of humility in his life. Which king, which bombastic, arrogant king in those days would ever come to a place of realization that the things that he's done are not of the Lord's ways? And he, and he submitted his life. He came to a place of repentance. And this is what this piece of scripture says, is that, that if, we come to a, if we come to a place of, of yeah, verse 15, 16, it says, if you have committed any sins, uh, you'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Pray for one another. So those are the three areas of prayer, guys, that I want to be, be highlighting today, is that you pray for your individual, you pray corporately together, and you pray for one another. Praying for one another in the area of your sins, when you come to a place of realization, Father, I, I don't know what my life is all about right now. I'm, I'm on this be- off-beaten track, this road that is leading me to destruction. When you come to a place of, of that realization, you confess your sins, you allow a gate to open in your life. You allow, you allow the Lord to be able to say, my son and daughter, grace is enough for you. You can come humbly before me and pray and ask for anything that your heart desires because that is our limitation. That is our limitation in life. We think the sin in our lives is, 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 is so heavy in our life that we, can't, we won't be able to receive breakthrough. So I think this is important, guys, that we realize that, that, that sin is a limiter. It's a limiter in our life. I'm really passionate about this topic and really love, love, love what the Lord's doing in our lives. And so I just want to sum up those three different areas in that it's important that we come to, we come to the realization that we need to pray for ourselves. And how do we do that? We come into a place of presence with the Lord, seeking, His word, seeking Him and seeking Him in His Word, coming to a place of corporately praying together, knowing that where two or more are gathered, there He, there he is in His presence, knowing that we should never undermine the, the corporate gathering of individuals and where we see prayer and power of prayer taking place. And then lastly, as we see as well too, that as we pray for others that are lost and, and those that are on a, on a wondrous path, that we're going to see them come again to, uh, to salvation and that they realize that it's Christ in me and the forgiveness that I can receive from the sins that I have in my life where I'm going to see breakthrough take place. And I just want to encourage us in this area, guys, to be praying in these three different areas and be encouraged by this. So, that's what I have to say to you today. Hopefully, you guys have been encouraged. Um, so yeah, so let's let's be praying. Uh, let's be praying in these three areas. Let's go listen to this uh, or read through this this word again in Matthew five and uh, James five. It really is an encouraging piece uh, when it comes to prayer, and hopefully, we'll see powerful prayers take place in our lives and power of the Lord move in our life in this area. Is that all right? All right, guys, come. Let's uh, stand up and let's continue to praise the Lord.